Hey y'all, we're Kristen and Emily, besties who love talking about female-driven cinema. Come along for the ride as we talk about landmark films with female writers, directors, actors, and producers. We aim to highlight women's stories and the characters they bring to life on the big screen. So buckle up and join us on this female-driven journey. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Ankle hook, knee hook. Come here, you can do the carousel. Just switch and wrap. Minus 40% is 160. I just want to take care of my grandma, maybe go shopping every once in a while. When I was a kid, I always wanted to work with animals. <laughs> I was close. These Wall Street guys. You see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hardworking people lost everything. And not one of these douchebags went to jail. The game is rigged, and it does not reward people who play by the rules. It's like robbing a bank, except you get the keys. Hey. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Emily. How are ya? I'm good. How are you? God, I think my Midwestern just came out there. <laughs> <laughs> Mine may have as well. But are you excited to talk about this movie we're going to talk about? Doked as hell. It's not one I would have chosen off the cuff. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> it's the quote stripper movie quote but it's so much more than that and i'm so glad we're gonna talk about it today how about you very excited yeah yes this movie was my suggestion so if you haven't gathered by now we are going to be talking right now about the movie hustlers Woo! (laughs) yes white girl woo (laughs) yeah you are who you are geeky that's right this movie was quite the the cultural moment, but just for the sake of consistency, I am going to give you the stats on this movie. So Hustlers was a film that was released in 2019, written and directed by Lorene Scafaria, and she did another movie that I think we should talk about called The Meddler that came out before this one, and it stars Rose Byrne and Susan Sarandon. I think it's a really great movie, and it's more of an autobiographical movie that she did. About her life? Yeah, about Lorene Scafaria. Oh, okay. So, and then she also wrote and directed that, and she wrote and directed this movie, Hustlers, and it's based on an article written by Jessica Pressler for New York Magazine called The Hustlers at Scores. So this is based on a true story. And it stars Constance Wu, Jennifer Lopez, or J-Lo, we we may just end up referring to her as Mm -hmm. J-Lo most of the time. Yep. (laughs) Julia Stiles, our aughts queen- that's right. I was very surprised to see her. I was like, where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> Our new favorite person in the world, Kiki Palmer. <laughs> oh, I love her. Oh, <laughs> Lily Reinhardt. And we have special appearances by Lizzo, Cardi B, and Mercedes Rule. Ah, so it's a, dream a cast. it's a stacked cast yeah. of really amazing women. As for the plot summary, again, I think if... You know, if you kind of like to keep your finger on the pulse of pop culture, you probably were aware of this movie when it came out and aware that it was based on on a true story of of these real women. 
So the IMDb synopsis sums it up. It's inspired by this New York Magazine article, again, written by Jessica Pressler. Hustlers follows a crew of savvy former strip club employees who band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. Does that sum it up? Is that an accurate summary? It it makes it sound so mild. I know. (laughs) It's pretty dry, right? Yeah. Can you just, before we even get into this, Kristen, can you just share your feelings about this movie or what you were feeling as you were watching it? (gasps) Sure. (laughs) So, you know, the, the first chunk of the movie, we see Constance Boog, whose character, Destiny, as being a new girl in the strip club uh, that she works at. And mm-hmm. you really kind of get a montage uh, to get like a sense of what her life is like working every night. And I just, uh, I was like, okay, this is a new world for me. <laughs> I... Was it a whole new world, Kristen? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was indeed. I was going to say steep learning curve for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, me too, to be fair. So you're definitely uh, <laughs> thrown in the in the deep end. Yeah, you're dropped in mm-hmm. in medias rays, right in the middle of the action. And I I just think this has a fantastic opening with Janet Jackson's control. So the screen is totally black, and you just hear Janet Jackson saying, "This is a story about control." And then boom, we we are in the club, and Destiny, Constance Wu's character, Dorothy, but she goes by Destiny when she's working. We just see her in front of a mirror, and then we hear the words to the song, Controlled by Janet Jackson. So this is a story about control, control of what I say, control of what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is exactly what this movie is about, right? Like, it's right. a story about this group of women who gain a certain degree of control and then lose it completely <laughs> right. oh, by the man. end of the movie. And we're dropped right into this setting. There isn't a ton of hand-holding, at least not in the beginning. Right. Like, there isn't really any dialogue. It really is just showing what what her night is like. What does a night of work look like for Destiny? And then going back to her house where she lives with her grandmother. And then having to go back and do the same exact thing. Right. It, it really mm-hmm. makes it look like work. It kind of uh, takes mm-hmm. the eroticism out of it. Um, yeah, well, that yeah, I mean that first shot crucial. where we see that first shot we see her in the mirror, and we come to learn that she is new at this establishment. Right, we have the other dancer coming up, asking for for safety pin. Know, sa- yeah, yeah she's like, her safety something pin. was torn on her outfit or something. And yeah. then she's asking for assistance. All these girls are hustling, like literally hustling. Mm-hmm. They all line up. They're in the dressing room, and then we hear the DJ outside announcing all the girls, and we are right there with them. So the way this movie is shot, I really appreciate it. It's very immediate. It's very naturalistic. Mm. There's a lot of handheld, but not obnoxious handheld, like shaky mm-hmm. cam, right? It just it just feels like you're right there with them. And in a podcast that we recently recorded on uh, Portrait, again, <laughs> I cannot believe I'll find any excuse to rig up Portrait of Lady on Fire. <laughs> wait, but we talk- wait, do you like that movie? I, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe a little bit. But we we talked about Celine uh, Sciamma, the writer-director of that film, and the female gaze, right? Mm-hmm. And how she talked about how the female gaze isn't just about not objectifying women. It's also about 
ensuring that the audience is identifying with the female characters and seeing the story through the female character's perspective. Oh, that just is so, idea is so electric. Mm-hmm. Like it just makes my soul happy thinking about <laughs> yeah. storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like in that manner that Celine Siama is describing, and you can definitely mm-hmm. feel that in Hustlers yeah. and with Lorene. Yeah, how Lorene staged this, shot it. You are seeing this story from Destiny's point of view. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, this strip club is filled with men, but we are there with her, and we're experiencing the night with her. That's right. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. women's stories from a women from women's perspective. Yeah, that was so refreshing and wonderful. There's a scene that I think kind of encapsulates this, and it's when they're all in the dressing room together when Lizzo shows up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. This when is Liz- my so, favorite part, Emily. Yeah. Lizzo, oh, so okay, we're just going to be hopping around. There's just a sense of camaraderie when eventually, at, after we've already met JLo's character, Ramona, we see them... All the women together backstage. Cardi B is there. (laughs) Lizzo is there. But it's just all these women just enjoying each other's company and goofing off and talking about their lives, right? Right. I just want to chill on my couch in some feety pajamas with my nigga ice cream, no makeup, and for damn sure not with these on. (laughs) Wait, I just make my boyfriend masturbate beside me. Is that weird? (laughs) Shit, I haven't had sex in two years. Two years? Well, I have a boyfriend. Since when? Since now. <laughs> he don't bother me. He don't get jealous. The only time he complains is when I don't change the battery, bitch. <laughs> Too bad he ain't got no money. Well, bitch, I can't have everything, can I? <laughs> and it's really grounded. And it's so again, funny. It's yeah, so to, funny. <laughs> yeah. Bringing up the female gaze again, Celine Siama shooting a scene in another movie she did called Water Lilies in the girls' locker room, where that kind of locker room scene or women's dressing room scene could be shot very voyeuristically, right? Right. But the way these women shoot it, it just feels so natural. And it just feels like you're there and you're one of the one of the women. And they're just having a great time. Do you want to talk about your favorite part? Oh, oh I'd be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Lizzo's incredible. And yes. <laughs> when we first see her character, mm-hmm. she's playing her iconic flute. Of course. Um, to one of the other women's new boob job. Yeah. <laughs> she's she, like Jack- playing is her name flute. Jackie? Is her name Jackie or something? She's like, I have to play for Jackie's titties or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I paused the movie and I was like, I just died laughing and I had to re- rewind it because she just does this. <laughs> just, she, oh, she just does she does this like flourish with her flute. Just playing <laughs> yeah. at this woman's boobs. And I it's know. really good. So funny. Lizzo is the <laughs> hype woman that we She's, all need in our yeah. lives. And I and then I sent you that that's I guess you could call it a sketch she did with one of the Heim sisters. Oh yeah. I think it was S S D Heim where she, Lizzo is just playing jazz flute like she's playing a jazz version of juice i think and it's just <laughs> juice d harmonic minor make those symbols juicy and girl you know how i like that bass you better twerk it bitch <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm not, I'm not hearing it right. I'm not hearing it right. <clears throat> All right, we in this bitch. Let's go. shows up and i think she's just great in this movie i i mm-hmm. really think she has such a great natural presence great screen presence and there's a warmth to her yeah. and, and she i just says like things yeah. that are like uh, outrageous startling I mean, yeah I, she's kind of known I, for that i think she improvised her dialogue i really i think she I did wouldn't be surprised i, I wouldn't be surprised so if good. she just said i, I want to say this or i think i'm gonna say this and you know maybe we'll have to go back and reshoot it but i think her cardi's character i think is named diamond i'm pretty sure but the first time we see her is like right at the beginning when destiny is walking through the club and it really it's right. clear that destiny does not know what she's doing like mm-hmm. even though we know she's been working for a while right in these clubs she's just not She's not familiar with this particular club, but she makes this rookie mistake that I feel like she wouldn't make if she had been working in strip clubs for a while, Mm. where she goes up to the front of the stage, which she's not supposed to do. And Cardi B lets her know right away that she wasn't supposed to do that because she grabs Destiny by the hair Mm -hmm. hard and yanks her out of the way Yeah, Um, and just tells her to get the fuck out of the way, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, and but then you know the next time we see Cardi, there is like no hint of animosity between them. There's no anger. There's no resentment. Like right. the next time we see her is when J Lo Ramona is teaching Destiny moves, and Cardi comes to help. Like I just love that. It's like she totally moves past that, and I'm just I could just imagine Constance Wu's character Destiny like being really afraid that. <laughs> Cardi B's character Diamond would just have it out for her trying to apologize and Cardi B just be like, baby, what were you doing? Like, <laughs> you right. clearly you clearly don't know what you're doing around here. Okay, let let me help. Like, you know so what I'm mom. saying? You fucking Come sit on. there, you drain the clock and not the motherfucking cock. You know what I'm saying? And you just go slow right there. And slow. You look at them. Super slow. Uh-huh. Slower. A little slower. Slower. Sexier? Yes. I look back at it. Ooh. Oh, yeah, they love that. The slower, mm. the better. Like a motherfucking slaw. Oh, that's $20 slow. right there. Remember, drain the clock, not the clock. Drain the clock, oh, not the clock. Come on now, you look like you're taking the shit. <laughs> and then she's, yeah, she comes back and she's just so warm and kind in that scene that we'll talk about later when Jayla's teaching Destiny moves on the pole, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because this movie definitely isn't pitting women against women like Mm-mm. that doesn't mean you have to tell a story where everyone loves each other all the time no as we'll see through the I mean, complicated certain, relationships yeah the these the relationships are complicated mm-hmm. and even on the article that jessica, jessica presser wrote she talks about how oh at first blush you might think that the women working in these clubs would never want to help each other mm-hmm. but actually in the article she talks about 
it really served them to work together. Uh, mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, like a sisterhood. Uh, mm -hmm. And we can see that in the film. But, man, Cardi B just has so many lines that... I mean, she shows up. I mean, she has that, like, giant vibrator. vibrator. This giant it's, pink it's vibrator. It's huge. It's gigantic. <laughs> I could not believe how big it was. <laughs> and She called it her new boyfriend. Uh, yeah, she said, and then she just said, like, it doesn't have any money, but it doesn't, like, complain or something <laughs> like that. Alright, I think she says something like, it doesn't stop till I'm finished. Or till she, if it stops, <laughs> she just puts more batteries in. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I mean, but that scene really draws attention to the fact that this is work. One of the women is like, well, I haven't had sex in two years. Mm -hmm. And then there's another woman talking about her jealous boyfriend, right? Which could, that could go, that could end up being dangerous, right? Oh, to yeah. have a jealous, jealous boyfriend or, or husband or, or whatever, jealous partner. Right. And then we have Cardi B saying, Men, they love the idea of dating a stripper, but they don't realize that the last thing we want to see when we get home is their dick. That's right. right. Yeah. So it's like thinking about it at this practical level where these women don't have time for romance. Like It's kind of killed the romance in their lives. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how relevant sex is. Like, even if we're talking about this, the relationship between the two women, being is it sexual or is it not? It's like... These women are hustling. They're working. They don't have time. They don't have time for sex, for romance. Like, that's a luxury. They're just out here, like you said, trying to survive. Right. And mm -hmm. many times, you know, that core group of women who are working together mm -hmm. refer to each other as sisters. Oh, here come my sisters. Yeah. And, like, you, it's definitely a film where you create your own family. Yeah, it's a story of found family. That. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. And uh, they really, they really rely on each other and love each other, right? Yeah. And, and Kristen, you and I had this conversation, and especially when I was watching this movie after Jennifer Lopez's iconic in character introduction. We'll get to it, but the thing that it made that I thought about while watching that, and thinking about the female gaze and how this is a movie about women working at this strip club, right, mm -hmm. is that. You know, there, there was a time when I had a pretty narrow view mm. on uh, exotic dancing, on, on sex work, and I, yeah. I'm not conflating the two, right? I'm not conflating the two, but I think some people would, would put, you know, exotic dancing or stripping under the, the same umbrella as sex work. And uh, I'm not sure if that's what Jessica Presser does in the article. I don't recall. But I just felt like it was this inherently exploitative thing, inherently yeah. degrading and I felt that it should be actively discouraged and it was harmful to women. And I think many people feel that way about it. This was more in like my undergrad years. And then as I began to learn more about sex work and sex workers in particular, realizing that they're people right. <laughs> with autonomy mm -hmm. and realizing that there is a distinction between human trafficking and sex work, right. right, where one is voluntary and one is not, that it's important to let these women like the women in the story and in real life i realize it's not not only women that that work at strip clubs and that do sex work but because we're talking about this movie about, about women i'll say women letting women speak for themselves and in that scene that that i was talking about in jayla's introduction she is not 
feeling shame. She is not feeling degraded. Like, not a she bit. Is, she is yeah. totally in control, in her power, and loving it. Yeah, Emily it- <laughs> loves the intro scene. I mean, it blows, it blows my mind. I think it knocked everyone on their ass when they saw it. Oh my gosh. She's so powerful. She's so so sexy. She's so sexy and so strong. Great presence. And and again, the way it's shot, like there are men there, right? But Mm -hmm. it's not about them. It's about her and her enjoyment because she is giving pleasure, but she's also feeling pleasure. Right. And you can see that i mean what's her first line in the movie it's doesn't money make you horny Mm -hmm. and she is like waiting waiting through cash just made more money (laughs) in less than two minutes than i make in two weeks all right (laughs) (laughs) that's power that's it it's incredible Mm -hmm. it is really i mean she is totally in control of that situation so i was just real like realizing you know as i watched that that we really need to let these women speak for themselves instead of me or anyone saying this is degrading you should feel ashamed let them speak for themselves that's right i'm so glad you're saying this yeah and i know and she does her character ramona does say yes it can be degrading absolutely and it can be violent and, and frightening right working here it's not this black and white issue, but it's important to let the women speak for themselves. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. And yeah. it's empowering to see women like J-Lo and Constance Wu or, mm-hmm. you know, the other women of this film, um, mm-hmm. just like be powerful themselves and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be in various states of undress and just having this confidence in their bodies in the work mm-hmm. that they're doing yeah um so that was one important aspect of the film that made me feel um this sense of like this freeing feeling of like yeah I, my body is something i should be proud of i mm-hmm. i feel like female bodies are often seen through certain lenses like the one emily was just talking about and it's like no like my body is a powerful, wonderful thing. And of course, like you said, too, it's not a black and white issue. Like there are issues mm-hmm. when <laughs> it, when yes. your body is a commodity, mm-hmm. of course. And so, yeah, just something I really enjoyed about watching this film is just seeing powerful women proud in their own skin of all, all shapes and sizes and colors. Absolutely. I love the diversity Fantastic. of body types. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. It, it is terrific. And you can see that in the scene where they're all together in the dressing room. And how much more can, can we talk about the introduction scene? I think we'll just have to put a clip in here. But, I mean, you hear that. You hear we're with Destiny, and you just hear the DJ announcing Ramona, and then you hear the needle drop, and it's Fiona Apple's criminal, which was Jennifer Lopez's genius suggestion. And now, let's welcome to the main stage the one. The Ramona.
we shot and she made sure she spoke with the director, Noreen Scafaria. She wanted it to be clear that she was definitely doing the dancing, right? right. So you see her face and it's a long single take. Oh, was and, it? Was it all just one well, take or not, most of no, it? No, there, there were many long takes in oh, that sequence, okay. right? You could tell. Yeah. Um, where gotcha. we're seeing her doing extended work. And it really is incredible. Yeah, I think and, we read she trained for a long time. A very long time. Beforehand. And it, and and was covered in bruises. Like, it is, mm-hmm. it is real work. I think probably many people don't appreciate how difficult what these women do. Right. <laughs> routinely. And, yeah, she doesn't just look sexy. She looks very strong, mm-hmm. I think. I told Kristen that this was definitely an instance of love at first sight. <laughs> yes. But, like, between... Constance Wu and JLo, yes, but also absolutely. us and JLo. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, Constance Wu's face <laughs> when oh, she yeah. see- she's in love, like she's <laughs> dazzled. She's mm-hmm. absolutely dazzled and just love struck. Like the moment she sees Ramona up there dancing, absolutely. and she- yeah, she is. And then when when JLo walks by. And she's clutching, I don't know how much money, like this thousands? nest of bills. Yeah. She's waiting, waiting through money off the stage. She just has a very small portion of it that she's clutching to her chest, delivers that iconic line, looks right at Destiny, and probably realizes that she is, you know, this, this new girl's been watching me this entire time, and just that delivers that iconic line. Doesn't money make you more? No. <laughs> It's so flirty and like playful Electric. and just, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure the money is what made her horny, but that's probably <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced, Kristen, that Destiny planned like this. It was calculated. I mean, she followed. She definitely was waiting for any excuse to get Ramona alone. So when she mm-hmm. saw that she went on the roof for that smoke break, she's like, okay, this is my chance. <laughs> like, I need to get with that. I need to be that. I need to be with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like being starstruck and like going mm-hmm. to see the performer, you know, backstage. Mm-hmm. So we have Ramona's introduction. We have this rooftop scene, which is maybe the best scene in the movie. Yeah, I you love, can tell it's something special. I, I love this right scene. There's this immediate connection between these two. And so we have the iconic line, doesn't money make you horny? Followed by another iconic line, climb in my fur. <laughs> I know, it's... Like, what did you feel when you oh saw that, gosh. Kristen? Well, I mean, just in awe of Ramona slash Jennifer Lopez and her power. Yes. Like, she's exuding power, even as she's just, like, lounging, smoking a cigarette on the roof <laughs> in a in giant a free- fur coat. Freezing cold. Freezing ah, cold. That was so awesome. I, I don't feel like we see very many women in stories just, like... A, comfortable and confident. Mm-hmm. Like, B, just, like, a total boss. Like that. Um, it was, like, a special is. treat to see. I I admit, especially before this movie, I wasn't the biggest J-Lo fan. I feel mm-hmm. like her strength is in acting, I think. I don't think she's the greatest vocalist. I, I would say dancing and acting, I think, are her strengths. But... You know, I had mostly seen her in 
the you know like the rom coms that she did. Right. Um but I think earlier in her career, like when she did Selena, like that was a huge breakout role for her and she did you know out of sight. And you could see she had this real um talent, right, and presence right. as an actor. And then people started to take her less seriously when she launched her pop career and she had this, you know, this string of um romantic comedies, right? Mm-hmm. But she really blew me away in this movie. I think she's so good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in that scene, she's so natural. And it really does feel like this feel this scene feels improvised. Like that's how natural it really feels between mm, the two. That's and it's a, a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. And it feel and it's a long, long take. Beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. I think it's shot in handheld. And it's beautifully lit. And it's just these two women talking. And there's this immediate bond. And I think the dynamic of the relationship is established here for sure. Oh, for sure. Like, even the way it's blocked, J-Lo is literally sheltering Destiny, right? Mm-hmm. She, she has Constance Wu under her proverbial wing. Her right. furry wing. Like, she's <laughs> she's taken her in and she's... She's above her, though, as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's sitting above her. So I think that's the dynamic. Where's your coat? I left it inside. Yeah. Climbing my fur. Okay. Freeze out here. I know. She, I think, has the power in that relationship. She's the authority figure. Mm. She's also kind of this maternal figure, but that's not exactly... That's part of the relationship, I think. Um, it's not the entirety of their relationship. But you can see right away that Destiny is in awe of Ramona. And she wants she wants to be just like her. Right. And she asks her for help. She asks her to show her some moves, right? Mm-hmm. And you can and you can immediately see Ramona's wheels turning of like, okay, how can I turn this to my advantage? Yeah. Um she's she's very shrewd. I think all the women are very shrewd. But I do feel that Ramona's character, especially as played by Jennifer Lopez, I think she genuinely loves and cares about the girls. Mm-hmm. But she also is shrewd at the same time. And she's a hustler, right? That's the word for it. I was just going <laughs> to yeah. say that. Like, everyone yeah. there is surviving. Mm-hmm. Everyone there needs to make money to survive. Um, and so you can't afford to have, like, a... a purely altruistic I yeah think, i think ramona does have altruistic tendencies i really mm-hmm. think she genuinely wants to mother and care for many of these young women girls like especially when we see lily lily reinhardt's character and how she immediately mothers her yeah yeah that was um, a great scene mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I love Lily Reinhardt. <laughs> I'm yeah. probably going to say that with every actress. <laughs> she's great. No, she's, she's terrific. Wonderful and she is terrific in this movie. She she also wrote her own poetry collection. It's called oh, Swimming really? Lessons. And oh, it's boy. just these really sweet and wonderful poems. And a lot of them are very poignant. Um, are they about Swimona? <laughs> <laughs> oh, her publishing company had a missed opportunity. They should have put Swimona. the jean swimsuit on the cover. Denim bikini. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are afraid to wear denim in the ocean, but I swear that these get more comfortable when they're wet, specifically salt water. Yes. Swamona, another highlight of this film. <laughs> but she's, no, I really think, I think Lily Reiner did a terrific job. Yeah. Um, Kiki Palmer is a highlight, oh, and we'll probably so dedicate funny. a whole section just to talking about Kiki Palmer. But 
yeah, I, I think what you're talking about, just Ramona being this very warm mother figure, right? Mm-hmm. And it's apparent to me that she really does care about the girls, but again, is abusing them. And I mean, yes. but it, they, she is, but they're aware of it and they're in on it. So that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> if they're all, they're all aware of what's mm-hmm. happening, right? Well, some are more aware, I'd say, <laughs> um, of of their role, and the the relationship is definitely a complicated one. You know, we can we definitely see different shades to Ramona's character in the movie. Mm, yeah, we can see that she is and can be ruthless, right? Oh yes, especially later on when their scheme sort of starts to to fall apart or it becomes unwieldy because it's just gotten too big, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see that Destiny has, um, she starts to have some reservations. There's a character that that comes into the film that was in the article. This was based on a real person. Um, In the movie, his name is Doug. But uh, he's this very sympathetic character that, and that, um... He's a victim of their scam. Yeah, and uh, you, you can see that Destiny is feeling very guilty about it. And she's on the phone with him and you can tell she's she really seems like she's on the verge of caving like to give him trying to yeah trying to convince ramona to 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 give him his money back and ramona just has none of it i mean she shuts that down right away she she wrestles um she wrestles destiny to the floor to get the like trying to rip the phone out of her hand it was easily easily overpowered yeah Mm -hmm. easily overpowers her she's physically much stronger and she is the authority figure in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, she is, she wrestles the phone out and Destiny is on the floor, literally, you know, prostrate beneath her. And right. you just see Ramona standing above her again. The dynamic is not one of equality here, especially no. in this. And she calls her a bitch. She just, she like calls her an ungrateful little bitch. That was uh, upsetting. <laughs> it was so upsetting. Because it, really it was hurt. like mm-hmm. seeing that t- to your kid. You know, basically, like I was thinking, Kristen, this is a tangent, but I was thinking, why, why we talked about how my feelings have evolved when it comes to sex work. Yeah, same thing with the word bitch. Like I used to, Uh, like I used to really shudder. Like every time I heard it, thinking about our own background, which maybe we won't get into now, but growing up in a fundamentally patriarchal religion Mm -hmm. and having men always in authority over me. The idea of a man calling me a bitch, I'm, I'm just like, no, I've already had too many men in authority. That's right. <laughs> over me, talking down to me. Right. So uh, if a woman chose to talk down to me by calling me a bitch, am I going to be, like, pleased about it? Of course not. No, but, but in a weird way, maybe I'd be like, I enjoy having a woman in authority over me talking <laughs> down to me. So maybe that's why it's like, I'm not as bothered. Do I need to go back? Do we need to go back to grad school and just write a thesis on the evolution and the reclamation of the word bitch? The word and, like, you know. That's what's so cool about it. Like, like yeah. you play with that word according to your own rules. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's our word now. And, yeah, like, again, intention and context are everything. And I'm, I am glad you mentioned, too, about... Just we don't need another word for a patriarchal system to try and put us down. That's something to, like, engage with, with mm-hmm. someone, um, like, a f- another woman who's saying it. That's something to engage with. So. And that's okay, believe- too, you know, if 
if a listener just like thinks that word is derogatory in every sense of the way, like that's great. Like, yeah. Yeah. I respect yeah. that, but mm-hmm. you know, I think it, it's a word that has complicated feelings around it, and yeah. all of those feelings are valid. I know. I can't believe we just. Why did we talk, we talk so much about the word bitch? That's okay. I mean, it's. Oh my god. You it's used what? a lot in this film. Oh, for sure. And I've been listening to a lot of Megan the Stallion lately, and mm. she uses it so much. And again, I'm not upset when Megan the Stallion says it. Like, even when she's, like, I feel like using it to establish her superiority, I'm like, I fucking love this powerful woman. Mm. Like, anyway, what the hell? What were you talking about? Allie, man, it, I can't believe these women would drug men. Even mm-hmm. though they're scummy men. I know we feel differently about this, so I, I wanted to talk about <laughs> we this. We can talk about yes. that. <laughs> uh, I just gotta have these women drug these men and then steal from them. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, it kind of, I felt my investment in the women just kind of like drop. I was like, I, I don't know. And I know it's nuanced and, and complicated when you're in a position where you're trying to survive, but I felt mm-hmm. like in this case, sure. You know, they had reasons uh, to make money, like Constance Wu's character is taking care of her grandmother and her daughter. Her daughter. Um, same thing with Ramona, taking care of her daughter. You know, everyone, we all have reasons. And they um, show them, they show them, like, they show Constance Wu, Destiny, trying to just get a job at, at in yeah. retail and she can't, and she even, can't even get a minimum she can't. job and then you see j-lo working at old navy and her boss just being an asshole and you know she's working for minimum wage and it's like they live in new york city like it's expensive wow and she's supposed to somehow arrange for childcare. like there's no way there's no way that's not livable I, um i you I, can kind of see that you can see that the women are really kind of backed into a corner they are and mm-hmm. so i feel like i have empathy for that but I, I just, I didn't care for the way they were doing this. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I just think even, like, two, two wrongs don't make it right. And, like, just what a terrible thing to do to someone, to drug mm-hmm. them and steal from them, even if they're a terrible person. Like, I was just like, that, <laughs> um, yeah, cool. And Kristen is perhaps purer of heart than I am. I don't I know. Am. I, maybe I'm naive. <laughs> because, I feel naive because... Well, both of us are very privileged as well. Ex- like, yeah, exactly. Because there's that scene with Julia Stiles. So Julia Stiles plays an analog, basically, of, of Jessica Pressler, and I think her name is Elizabeth. That's right. And I'll, pu- I'll insert the scene here, but it's... it's um, so Destiny is feeling some judgment coming from... Julie Stiles, mm-hmm. right? Her character. And she um, interrogates that. <laughs> she, yeah. she, she asks her a series of questions. What'd you say your name was again? Elizabeth. And did you grow up with money, Elizabeth? We were comfortable. So what did your parents do? My dad was a journalist. My mom's a psychiatrist. And where'd you go to school? Brown for undergrad. What would you do for a thousand dollars? Of course, the answer is going to depend on what you already have and what you need. Um, I'll just play it here, but you know, just talking to you, Kristen. She's like, uh, "What's your name?" You know, "Well, you 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 come from money. What did your parents do?" And 
clearly she she had both of her parents and her mother was a psychiatrist. This is Julia Stiles' character. Mother's a psychiatrist. Her dad did something else. She was well off. And then, you know, Destiny says, oh, you go to school? Yeah, I went to Brown for undergrad. <laughs> and you just know this woman has been pipelined to the Ivy League. That's right. right? Yeah. And then, and then Destiny asks her, well, what would you do for $1,000? Um, and that really hit me, um, because there's that tragic scene where that terrible man, um, swindles her, right? When, yeah, when Uh, destiny swindles destiny. Yeah. Yeah. So she's so desperate at this point in the film that she's willing to give this man a blowjob, but we don't see it. I so appreciate that we didn't have to see that, but he, um, he offers her $300 and instead of um, putting or giving her three $100 bills, he gives her three $20 bills, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he puts it on the couch or something before he leaves. And that was just so devastating to me. Yeah. Um, and especially then when we see um, her asking Julia Stiles these questions of what would what would you do for a thousand dollars and of course that depends on what you already have right right um and so yeah it's I it's difficult for me to pass judgment like uh, I especially coming from this place of privilege that I have mm-hmm. um and honestly so that guy we see that that swindles her <laughs> when we see him later on um falling victim to their scheme, I don't feel bad for him at all. Like, like I'm with Julia Stiles, where there's the, there's another scene with, with um, Destiny and Elizabeth, right, the, the journalist, where Julia Stiles is just like, I know I'm probably supposed to feel bad and think you're a terrible person or terrible people, but I don't. And I was like, yeah, I kind of am with you. And um, I don't know, like, Jennifer Lopez delivers basically the thesis of the movie when they're in that cafe together and yeah. she's and she's just like oh, baby we gotta start thinking like these Wall Street guys you see what they did to this country they stole from everybody hardworking people lost everything and not one of these douchebags went to jail not one is that fair you ever think about when they come into the club that's stolen money that's what's paying for their blowjobs. The fucking firefighters' retirement fund. Fuck these guys. No, oh, baby, this game is rigged. And it does not reward people who play by the rules. These men stole millions and ruined lives. And I'm supposed to feel bad for them. Right. Like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, girl. Like, if these, these Wall Street bankers that stole millions ruined lives like i'm not gonna feel bad if j-lo j-lo's character takes 10 grand from them mm. when when they're routinely spending what a 50k 100k a weekend and they've and that's stolen money she says she goes that's stolen money right um, i and <laughs> i think that was important you know how she mentioned just the justice system had failed you know holding these people accountable and never would mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I also think she was just trying to justify doing something oh, absolutely. terrible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. And she's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. She, it is her thesis. It is her rationale. And I of saying of saying this is why 
it's okay right. to do what we're doing. And they and, were buying, you know, like luxury designer clothing and mm-hmm. vehicles. Like they were kind of addicted to that high of yeah. Before. So it was. I think it's just complicated. I think we'd like to think things are black and white. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, stealing is wrong. Like I think we all get that on a on on a basic level. But then when you factor in, um, like, color, uh, factor in economic standing, uh, you know, all these other factors of where the social system has really let us down, I think mm-hmm. it starts to become a little bit more clouded and we get more empathy. Mm-hmm. And so that's something this movie does really well, I think. It's just you really want to see these women succeed. and mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, there was a little bit that moment for me where I was just like that's so icky like don't don't do that no <laughs> I think Loreen Scafaria really draws from the article because there are parts in the article where it talks about the women wanting these men to be assholes mm-hmm. because then there was this satisfaction for them when they successfully swindled them oh yeah yep. yeah yeah that's and for me as, a, as an audience member yeah I I felt satisfied when that pig we saw like swindle her when mm-hmm. when they take him down and there's this other one that early on um in voiceover j-lo describes as you know the worst the worst of the worst ceos cfos investment bankers corporate raiders hedge funders axe murderers coming straight from the crime scene into the club but not through the front oh no these guys they don't want to be written about on page six they come through the back they take the private elevator to the one room without cameras. And they don't leave till they spend $10,000, $15,000 in one night. They can be degrading, possessive, aggressive, violent. And they never get in any trouble. Because everyone's willing to cover their tracks. Because deep down, they all want what they got. They all want to be on top. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for them at all. I... You know, what's 10 grand to this guy? It's nothing. What has he done all day? Like, he's just stolen all day. Right. The thing that made me more uncomfortable was the drugging, because immediately I was just thinking of of date rape, right? And that loss of control. And then there's that scene, again, I mentioned where Destiny is talking to Julia Stiles, and Julia Stiles says, well, I don't feel bad for these men at all. And then, you know, to my surprise, at least, Destiny says, well, I do. And then she talks about this recurring dream she has where she's in a moving vehicle Mm. that she cannot stop. She Mm -hmm. can't control. You know, I keep having this nightmare, right, where, like, I'm in the backseat of this car, this moving car, and I realize that nobody is driving the car and like i have to like get to the front seat to like try to stop it and i like go there and no matter what i do i like can't get a grip on it and i can't like stop it and then i wake up (laughs) so again it's like that loss of control and i think she's sympathizing for the men that she drugged you know imagining what it would feel like to be totally out of control but then again, I'm like, I'm sure at least one of these men has roofied a woman before. Oh. And if that's true, I do not give a shit. Like, mm-hmm. at all. I would I would say an eye for an eye. Like, 
<laughs> Emily. <laughs> I'm with the ancient Israelites. I'm just like, an eye for an eye. I don't feel bad. If you are this disgusting pig who steals from the firefighters' retirement fund mm. and roofies women and treats them like shit, I don't feel bad if, if um, Ramona and Destiny manage to swindle some money out of you. Uh. So that was kind of more where I was coming from. And I was definitely, I think, more with them than you were. Yeah. Which is why this is based on true events. So we're getting further into the movie. Their scheme is going really well. But then we meet this character of Doug, who was yep. based on a real person. And that's when I started feeling like, oh, this is awful. Yeah. Right? Because he's, he's not mm-hmm. one of the scum guys. He's not a scumbag. They made yeah. a mistake. And... He lost everything, you know, he lost everything. his job, he mm-hmm. can't provide for his young son. son. And so that's yeah. when everything kind of starts unraveling, and the schemes, like... Uh, Narratively, fail. it does, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it becomes too big, and they're getting greedy. And this was in the article, too. Destiny is angry because J-Lo just maxes out this credit card. She goes to the credit card limit. Like, it's like $50,000, yeah. right? So they burn Destiny, through their marks. They burn reliable. their 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 contacts. Yeah, they just get especially Ramona gets greedy. I think in the article, the Hustlers article, Destiny, who in real life, Destiny is based on a woman named Rosie. And JLo's character, Ramona, is based on a woman named Samantha. In real life, Rosie was saying that she wanted to cultivate these men, right? She wanted to create right. this reliable roster. Of men that they could kind of fleece over time, but Rosie said all all Samantha could see or all all the other girls could see was uh, a fifty thousand dollar tree. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Destiny was saying that she thought and felt like she definitely hit her limit. She was like, I thought there would just be this amount of money where I would be satisfied, but that never happened. And right. that's what Rosie said in the article too. I think, didn't she say, too, something like, like, I could have worked on Wall Street or something like that. Oh, and she definitely could she have. She had the smarts, the skill. Like, they were running a business. And the ruthless, and the ruthlessness as yeah. well. Um, totally. So, yeah, they, she had the skill, mm-hmm. definitely. And it's, it's just too bad that the way life treated her, this was the best way to use those skills. I don't know. I'm not trying to, like, pity her. Um, but I also respect the hustle. I do. I do mm-hmm. respect that intelligence and strength that she yeah, has. Yeah, just at a, yeah, I mean, just at a story level, or mm-hmm. a movie, as a movie-going experience, just thinking of it as a story, and a movie. I don't think, like, rooting for or against these characters is the way to evaluate it. Mm-hmm. I think the way to go about watching this movie is just to try to understand motivations. I like that. I like that. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, what would you do for a $1,000? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that is a better critical lens with which to approach the film. Mm. Yeah, just on a story level, like as a movie, right? Right. And perhaps in life, of just trying to understand people's motivations, right? Yeah, I like that. Deep thoughts. Yeah. You you can understand (laughs) a person's motivations without justifying their actions or approving. Like, you you can at least understand someone's motivations, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, they lose control. Like... They start to, they, these copycats start popping up. They start burning their, burning through their list. They start getting reckless a little bit. They start getting greedy. There are some close calls. Like that 
outrageous scene where the man jumps off the roof and yes (laughs) kiki palmer which yeah we can talk about but i mean they easily could have killed someone and that's not that is not good like it was so dangerous what they were doing i know so 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 dangerous yeah and uh we i have to mention because i had to confirm it with emily to make sure it was true but kiki palmer (laughs) is wearing a Swimona original. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Okay, I guess we skipped over that part. So this uh, this was also based in real life. So Samantha, really? the woman, was creating her own or had dreams oh, yeah. or oh, aspirations yeah, yeah. of creating her own her own line of swimwear. But I love the touch in the movie that it's denim. <laughs> Do you think they only named the character Ramona so that they could have oh. Swimona? Oh, I would be surprised because that's. Too good an oh, opportunity to miss. It's so good. So yeah, JLo's character has this line of swimwear that is made of denim, which sounds like the worst idea ever. <laughs> but then we later see Kiki Palmer wearing a, a Simone original. <laughs> and she's wearing six-inch heels. Mm-hmm. And it, it maybe is the best, uh, like the funniest moment in the movie where she just screams no at <laughs> Destiny and runs across the parking lot. Click clacks off across the parking lot. Oh, it's like six inch heels in a so denim. So funny. <laughs> this is a oh. Kiki Palmer appreciation moment. She is. Her she's, comedic timing is incredible. Yeah. She, she really is great. Yeah. I, there's so much. And I feel like we're all over the place. And this is going to require some editing. But like, I could talk about Ramona and Destiny's relationship like forever. Mm. <laughs> I mean,. It's not a relationship of equals, right? Right. And you might you could argue that it's abusive or codependent. Again, I feel like I feel like they genuinely love each other. I mean, it's like when people wonder why so and so, someone they know remains in in a toxic relationship, right? Or an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because they feel that the good outweighs the bad. Yeah, you can see those parts mm-hmm. of the person that are good that you love. Mm-hmm. And and they rely on each other. Yeah. Like Ramona is all she has. That's like especially after her grandmother dies, right? Yeah, I think you described it as codependent, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I it might I think there's probably an element of that where Destiny really totally relies on Ramona. Like absolutely yeah. relies on her. She is this sort of mother figure, authority figure, caring figure in her life and she really wants to please her right right and and in that scene where destiny's grandmother dies and she's devastated she's distraught ramona shows up to the funeral and this is after they've had a falling out this really does feel like a fraught lover's relationship like it really really does it's very tumultuous she shows up and and destiny's just like crying in her lap right And, and ramona is there to comfort her and she's very genuine and very loving and says you know you can always move in with me but then she brings the hustle into it. Like, yeah. so you're like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> so there is this, you know, there is manipulation there. Yeah, um, it commodifies that relationship for sure. But there's, but there's love. So it's just mm-hmm. uncomfortable that those things just sit together. Mm. But yeah, I, yeah, their relationship is very fascinating to me. And it is fraught and it is, yeah. it's, it's it's full of love, though, and... He is where the power lies in this whole <laughs> film. Absolutely. And I feel like Phoebe Waller-Bridge voice, 
This is a love story. This is a love story. Like, like if you weren't convinced by the love at first sight and the very, I'd, I'd say, passionate relationship they have. And I, I don't mean that sexually, although there are viewers that would construe it that way. Right. They have a very powerful bond with each other. And if you're not convinced this is a love story by the, by the end, when we <laughs> see that Ramona has a picture of Destiny as a little girl, and she puts her picture, Ramona's picture, and Destiny's picture face to face. I know. And says, I want to keep her with me. If you're not convinced this is a fucking love story, then <laughs> I don't think we watched the same movie. This is Dorothy. Wasn't she the cutest? And who could lead that baby? You know, we used to say, if only we had known each other back then, you know? Maybe we could have looked out for one another. Maybe our lives would have been different. You know? Or maybe it would have just been the same. Who knows? But I like to keep her with me. And then there's immediately a montage of their moments together. It's mm. like, it's a love story. And you can read it, like, it can, you can read it in a number of ways, I think. That's what I liked about that. Yeah. And there's a podcast called Les Hangout where they talked about this movie. And on that podcast, there's a series they do called Should Have Been Gay. <laughs> where where they'll, they'll talk about a movie, like, for instance, That's they'll awesome. talk about, like, They'll talk about, like, Bend It Like Beckham, right? And they'll be like, this movie should have been gay. <laughs> I love um, that. But then, for this movie, they were like, this is gay. Like, <gasps> like they're like, this is not subtext. Like, this is text. They felt that... How interesting. They felt very strongly that Destiny and Ramona mm. were clearly in love with each other. Not just love... Like, they didn't just love each other. They were in love. And I appreciate... I can appreciate that reading. Yeah. Like, especially... Especially when there's that scene where they're on the roof and... At the pool. Destiny, Destiny meets her loser boyfriend. Well, that's what I was just thinking about <laughs> as you are saying that. Because that was the first time that clued me into like, oh, like, what is Ramona feeling as Destiny goes over to that She's loser jealous. guy? She yeah, is jealous. Like, yeah. I see jealousy, but I also... We also mm -hmm. know Ramona's really good at reading people. Mm -hmm. And I think she could smell a loser from a mile away. And, and she so was right. She had some of those mama bear instincts of like... She did. I love how oh, Jayla don't go to plays the that. Yeah. And I love her look. And she's just like looking at him from behind her sunglasses. But I think she felt possessive <laughs> about Destiny Very for sure. Possessive. So yeah, I think that's an interesting reading yeah. of, of She is like kind of like kind of like a jealous lover, right? Mm -hmm. Also possessive and also, again, this mother figure. So there's a lot, a lot going, going on. on there. And be, especially because Destiny has so many mommy issues that it's just like she's vulnerable, right? Yeah. she's She she could easily be taken advantage of. And I do think Ramona does take advantage of her. But I do also feel that Ramona genuinely loves her. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure where I stand. Like, I don't think it's text that they are lovers at all i think you could definitely read into it yeah that I way or choose to read the movie that way well yeah there's moments mm -hmm. there i think i i like we talked about this with celine siyama too where i just mm -hmm. love it when filmmakers trust the audience to yeah. take what they want or what they will mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to all be super spoon fed uh, yeah so. i mean i feel that they're probably the most important 
figures in each other's lives. I think that's encapsulated in the end when we see that Ramona has these pictures that she keeps together. They are connected, like they are bonded for life. They really are. And I don't think that the lack of sex or romance between them diminishes their love for each other at all. I absolutely not. I think they, they really do actually profoundly love and care for each other. So something I want to know, and mm-hmm. me and Emily think differently about this, so I want to know what our listeners think, but mm. at the end of the film, it, Emily, I mean, I'll let you speak for yourself, but I, <laughs> sorry, let me try that again. At the end of the film, yeah. to me, I think when Destiny calls the reporter and kind of asks for more information on Ramona, she's like mm-hmm. too scared and nervous to call Ramona herself. Mm-hmm. And then the reporter says, well, you should give her a call. And she's like, or I can't remember her answer, but I don't think she will. Like, I think too much has happened between the two of them. Yeah. Like, it blew up in their faces so badly. I just don't think they could ever have that trust again. But, Emily, what do, what do you oh, think? Oh, I, I had hope. I really thought she was, I felt. And it was just so obvious that all these years later, she is still thinking about Ramona. Mm-hmm. And, like, throughout the movie, she's asking Julia Stiles, what did she say about me? What did Ramona say? What she, how, you know, she's just desperate to, to connect with Ramona. Mm. And when she learns that all these years later, Ramona is, like, carrying this picture of her around, it, like, gutted, it gutted me. And I was like, Kristen, did you cry? And you're like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! You didn't cry at the montage of them together with Chopin playing? Like, I know. I was like, I, it, it, I have a cold, dead heart. It destroyed me, and and then you just see, like, you see Destiny is, is sobbing, and I'm just like, oh my god, they love each other so much. <laughs> I really want to know, yeah, if you're listening, we'd love to know your opinion, like, what, did where they do reach you think out? their relationship is right now? And... Should she have reached out? Like, did she reach yeah. out? Or was it toxic, um, and was it good to leave it in the past? Should, yeah. I mean, that scene, though, outside the precinct after Destiny tells Ramona that she took the plea deal. Yes. Oh, my God. J-Lo is so good. I yeah. mean, she's outraged. She is very... And she does shove Destiny really hard. You can tell she uh, feels so betrayed. I took the deal. You did? Have I taught you fucking nothing? You fucking idiot! What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you do that? Literally. What is the mental illness? But also immediately understands and shows her grace and love Mm -hmm. and and just embraces her right yes and she you know she has that line it's a callback where she says motherhood is a mental illness Mm -hmm. and because destiny took the plea deal because she has a small daughter yep she's got to think about her daughter's future Mm -hmm. yeah but what's so interesting is that Ramona also has a daughter, and yeah. maybe the cops tried to play that emotional card to get her to speak. Yeah, and she but didn't. She didn't because she believed in her own strength and that 
the women mm-hmm. can fight it. So I think that was yeah. where there's a fundamental breakdown between the two women and uh, how they think and operate. So that's, I think they just yeah. couldn't get past that. Who knows? I mean. I don't know. I do think it's clear to me that Ramona doesn't harbor any resentment at the end when we see that she keeps the picture of mm. baby Destiny. I'm like, and she even says, like, who could leave that baby? Yeah. Like, we, because we learn that Destiny's mother abandoned her. I mean, what did she say about me? I'm sure she had a lot to say. What'd she say? She said you had a tough time growing up and that you spent a lot of time alone. You got into fights and had some bad boyfriends. Okay, what else? That your parents are immigrants and that when your father left, your mother dropped you off at your grandparents' house and never came back. Is that true? I mean, I thought that she was just taking a break, you know? I thought that, you know, sometimes moms need a break. Which helps us understand where Destiny is coming from and why she attaches to Ramona instantly, right? Right. I Like, that moment early on when it, it really does feel like Destiny's just like, I just want to be like, I just want to be like her. Just like when you're little and you just, I just want to be just like my mom. Like, I remember what, you know, walking around in my mom's high heels and, right. and, and, and that, that moment when Destiny just wants to copy Ramona and put all the, the cash in her boot, like her yeah. thigh high boot. It's so sweet. It she is. just wants to be just like her. It's right? like a role model. And yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very fascinating to me. I love that this movie that people would probably quickly dismiss as like trashy or pulpy. It has like this very complex relation relationship between two women in it Absolutely. at its center. That's the heart mm-hmm. and soul and that's what makes it such a great film mm-hmm. to review together like this. In in yeah. our female driven podcast. <laughs> that relationship drives the story. It totally does. It is definitely at the center. Should we cover like favorite <laughs> favorite parts? Yeah, let's do that because I feel like we've covered it pretty thoroughly. Oh yeah, we did. So. I mean, we didn't go into like too many plot details, but like favorite parts. Okay, Kristen, what is your favorite part of this movie? Well, you know I love me some Lizzo. <laughs> She's playing yeah, the flute, but yeah. you know I gotta say, reflecting more, I the scene that really warmed the film up to me was the Christmas. Oh, yeah! It's a Christmas movie! (laughs) (laughs) Instead of It's a Wonderful Life, we're gonna watch this movie. (laughs) So the the new tradition. Yeah, Yeah, just seeing them all together, just, like, celebrating and giving thanks and looking back Mm -hmm. with the found family. Like, that was Mm -hmm. was really sweet. So, yeah, Yeah. I think that was my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I have favorite moments, so yeah, Kiki Palmer... (laughs) In those, in that damn, like, Slimona swimsuit mm-hmm. and heels. And I love the part where she's ordering wings. Chicken wings. This is gonna be spicy. Just chicken wings. That's, you can't have going on with chicken wings. On the bone, it's good. I'll get them extra crispy. We can make them wet. Sauce on the side. Bitch. She's so effortlessly funny. And just, like, 
I think she just ad-libbed that entire thing, but it really just grounded it. I'm just like, she just wants some wings, man. And the the other dancer is like, well, can I get sauce on the side? And she's just like, bitch. Like, like, talking about the word bitch, I wouldn't mind. That was a great word. (laughs) And so I I love her. I think she's, she's terrific. Yeah. Love Kiki Palmer. I appreciate all the scenes with Constance Wu and um, Julia Stiles. I think Constance oh, Wu is just yeah. a terrific, terrific actor. And of course, I love JLo. Like, everything about her. She, you know, the way she's introduced in this film, she's just a force of nature. Oh, and she really is. And then there's this scene where I'm like, I am in love with her. Where she, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, so... There's that scene where she's, like, showing Destiny the ropes, mm-hmm. and she is, like, again, she's taking her under her wing, shepherding her around this club. She's wearing this halter top. She puts, like, $2,000 in cash. <laughs> she tucks, like, I don't know, two grand. $2,000 in cash into her halter, and she is the sexiest, baddest motherfucker. Like, yeah, she <laughs> looks ice cold. She is she's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Hey, you an investor in this place? No. Then quit putting money back into it. Let the guys get fucked up. First get them a single, then a double, then a triple, then go back to a double, then a single. You want them drunk enough to get their credit card, but sober enough to sign a check. Lenny, give us a beat. You got it, gorgeous. you not love her or want her or want to be her or mm-hmm. want to be with her like she, she's amazing she she is amazing yeah this was like she deserved uh she deserves an academy award i, I think, think she ab- at least a she nomination abs- i she absolutely deserved a nomination mm-hmm. for sure i really think she did i i thought she was so great in this in this movie and she, I really loved how her acting in that last scene where she's talking to Julie Stiles. Again, I'll put a clip in here about what went down, right? And she talks about destiny and she just plays it so beautifully, you know, when she right. says, you know, I wish we had known each other then and maybe things would have turned out differently. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then she says, or maybe they would have turned out the same. Or she says, maybe they would have turned out the same. Yeah. But, oh, but then the way she just says, I like to keep her with me. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> Listeners, let us know what you loved mm-hmm. or hated or in between about <laughs> this movie. Um, let's fan over JLo together. Um, oh, absolutely. This, yeah, this was a wild ride, <laughs> to say mm-hmm. the least. So Yeah, Swimona. Swimona for the win. Yes, Swimona, iconic. I'm like, that is that all Lorene Scafaria? Because it wasn't from the article. So did Lorene Scafaria just, like, make up Swimona? I the just... name? I Probably. Oh, like, yeah. Did she name Ramona that just so she could have the <laughs> Swimona pun? I don't... That's the question It's, of it's brilliant. <laughs> Listeners, would you like to try Swimona? Would you want to swim in the ocean would in a denim, bikini? a denim bikini? I just feel like that would be the worst thing ever. And I just love how she's like, it's even more comfortable in water, especially salt water. (laughs) 
it makes no He's sense. Just a, a hustler through and through. <laughs> oh, I'm like, wait, what? And then I'm like, oh, I can just feel like how uncomfortable that would be. Just like the chafing I and the know. and like the yeast infections, probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, Slimona, no. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, too funny. <laughs> it's so good. But perhaps we should move on. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I feel like we kind of talk, talked about pop culture yeah. throughout, but... There are still some things. Like, I would love to just talk about the moment that was Jennifer Lopez in 2019. Okay, let's do that. Like, yeah, she... So, J-Lo has been a pop culture figure, you know, icon, right, for what, 25 years at this mm-hmm. point? Like, I I don't recall when Selena came out. I think it was, like, 1996? Somewhere um, around there. 1997. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Wow, same year's Titanic. So it was, it was 25 years ago. Selena came out. And before that, I think she had been on In Living Color. But Selena was, like, a huge breakout role for her, right? Right. I think she was nominated for Golden Globe for that. But, she, yeah, she kind of established herself first as as an actress and then and then she launched a music career and that's when her her acting career kind of took like a a backseat so she became a pop star and and then she began going by (laughs) j-lo um this icon jenny jenny from the block right Mm -hmm. i just want to talk about and i feel like we could probably have an entire podcast (laughs) about how she really changed beauty standards like body standards absolutely so that Versace dress, right? That famous Versace dress mm-hmm. that she wore, I think helped launch Google Images. Like, <laughs> that was like a major reason for Google Images being launched was that dress. That's a worthy that reason. Vers- that, Versace, that Versace dress. So she comes onto the scene really as like a, uh, a celebrity in the mid to late 90s. And, you know, at that time, we're thinking early 90s. I mean, Kristen and I are we're very little at this point, mm-hmm. but I still, you know, we're 90s kids, and I, I still know enough about the 90s to know that, you know, this the early 90s, at least, this was the era of, like, Kate Moss, right? Right. Um, and the ideal female body was real thin. You, know, you had Kate Moss saying, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Mm. And... And heroin chic, right? Which is right. insane to think that heroin chic was something that happened. Well, that was what uh, the, the fashion industry, movie, model mm-hmm. industry, that's what yeah. was capitalizing on. Tall and rail thin, mm-hmm. right? And then we have J-Lo come along with his, her beautiful, curvaceous body. Right. Immediately, I mean, that became kind of her calling card, whether she meant it to become her calling card or not. She was was and is known for her body and i think she's a definitely a major figure in shifting body standards from the late 90s and up until now like she's a she's a major figure i mean we have j-lo and then not too long after that early 2000s we we i'm just thinking um like major you know pop culture moments i'm thinking of destiny's child doing bootylicious right yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) shakira hips don't lie Mm -hmm. Fergie does my humps. Curvier bodies start to become more of the desired body type, right? right? Yep. 
And now we have Lizzo and we have Megan the Stallion and we have the Kardashians, which love them or hate them. I think they kind of influence on body shape. On on body shape and just like Brazilian butt lifts Mm -hmm. became a thing and the whole like slim thick phenomenon, which I think the Kardashians are are they primarily they're the queens of that. Yeah. (laughs) Are exclusively responsible Mm -hmm. for the slim thick movement. Yeah. Um yeah, Jennifer Lopez, I think she really was kind of a harbinger. <laughs> she was a, like a pioneer, at least in bringing yeah. that body type to the forefront in yeah. the industry. Yeah, which I appreciate. Absolutely. Um, again, it's not great to just have one ideal body mm-hmm. <laughs> shape that's that is promoted. I don't think it's a good idea to to, well, you know, to, to idealize one body shape over another. Not like an one accurate, single body shape. It's not yeah. an accurate reflection of yeah. women in general. Like we're all different. But I do appreciate that she helped make it so that it's okay to have some curves, that's right? right. <laughs> uh, that's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, bringing it into this movie now, like, mm-hmm. not only is she breaking barriers for people who assume, you know, that uh, being a female who's basically not in her 20s, <laughs> if we're honest. She like, was 50. She's 50. She was 50. She was really pointing out how like you can still be sexy and powerful and strong oh, absolutely and yeah. be all of these things like there's no age limit to it and mm-hmm. there's no one specific body type to it and she worked so hard to be physically impressive in this mm-hmm. film like mm-hmm. i think it was really showing to the audience of, of like this is work. This body is work. This body makes money, literally. Not only, like, mm-hmm. as acting as um, a dancer, mm-hmm. but also Jennifer Lopez herself. Herself. Her body has been making money for years. Yeah. So she's just, like, reminding us. It's work. This is work, people. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it is, it's meta. Like, in that yeah. scene where she's, te- where Ramona's teaching Destiny moves, right? She's mm-hmm. teaching her, she's teaching her how to do different moves on the pole and you see how it is work right and yeah i think people often don't appreciate that it is work to pole dance and then people probably don't appreciate how much work it is for jayla to look like jayla that's right? right that's right I, and again you did you did mention that yeah in the movie there are women of all shapes and sizes which mm-hmm. i thought was terrific and even all the all <laughs> shapes and sizes too, <laughs> yeah like- I mean, I saw, like, I saw cellulite. I saw, like, stretch marks. I was like, y- yes. Like, it was wonderful. Please. Yeah, women of all different shapes, sizes, colors. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked it. Getting back to J-Lo. <laughs> Getting back to J-Lo. Yeah, this movie was a big moment for her, though. Like, in her, in her career. In the evolution of her career. Because I think, I think for a while, like, remember Benifer, like, Benifer mm-hmm. 1.0. What do we call it? Yeah, what do we call it now? The original. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had that. That was huge. And, like, Jenny Jenny from the block, that was big. And then I feel like I think she kind of took a step away from the limelight for a while. But then she came back with that sort of dance album. Remember? About ten years ago. Oh, I don't um, – I didn't. I haven't followed her music career too closely. I just, I just remember that song, Dance the Night Away. Mm-hmm. Remember that song? Yeah. And then I think – I don't know. I think when she was married to Mark Anthony – I think she released some Spanish language albums as well. So I think she was trying some different things. Like, and then she was on American Idol for a time, right? So I think she was doing many different things. And then had done had done movies, had been had had some acclaim as an as an actor, 
But then I think people started taking her less seriously as she did all of the romantic comedies that uh, that she's famous for. And she had that insane movie, the the boy next door that came out. I don't think I saw it. Oh, we. Oh, it's yeah, it's wild. Um, but then she comes in, in this movie, and she just she is so good. She's like she is really good, and it was a moment. And then we had her. Um, Super Bowl performance, right, with Shakira, and yeah, it, that's available yeah. to watch for free on YouTube. So feel free yeah. to Google it and watch that. It's mm-hmm. so powerful having Phenomenal. Shakira and J Lo yeah. doing this incredible set um, it, together. It is, yeah, and the, um, she sang at the inauguration as well too with Lady Gaga. That's right? <laughs> yeah, oh, she did. So, so she awesome. was definitely she was definitely having a moment in, mm-hmm. in uh, 2019, 2020. Yeah. Yes, I I have a new appreciation for Jennifer Lopez that I, I, I didn't do too. have before. So please, if if you're on the fence about J Lo, I I highly recommend watching watching Hustlers. I think you'll you'll come away surprised. Absolutely. Yeah. Feel feel all the feels yeah. while you watch it. It's it's wild. Yes. It's got heart. Um, yeah. It's got definitely some sensationalized moments. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of comedy. It's got everything. We cannot just not mention Peaky Palmer as just <laughs> this wonderful, I, I mean, she was memefied. Like, she, mm-hmm. I mean, we have Sorry to This Man, which. <laughs> I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. I mean, he could be walking down the street. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. I love her so much. And then we have. Baby, this is Kiki Palmer. This is motherfucking Kiki Palmer. Please have a good day. <laughs> I love her. I think she brings so much of herself to Hustlers. And she's so good and skillful and funny and just naturally charismatic. Mm-hmm. I loved her in this. Me too. <laughs> I think she, she was so terrific. Go ahead. Oh, just, I love, just uh, some mm-hmm. love to Lily Reinhardt too. Like, mm-hmm. um, she was definitely the most hesitant and shy of all yeah. of the main core cast her character I was she, but... I, I think she did a great job with the material she was given yeah. i think she her character wasn't as developed as she as has like the, the little character. sister yeah. vibes I, I like the yeah. baby of the family kind of vibes mm-hmm. and I, I mean of course i really i want to bring up constance Wu again because i think she's so terrific i use that word a lot but she really i think she's a a really great that was another actor. Oscar nod. Mm-hmm. Both of them deserve. I think she's a. I think she's a tremendous actor. Yeah, especially in those scenes with Julia Stiles, where she's just talking about her life. Like I was, I was very moved, mm-hmm. moved by her scenes. And I think she, she, I just think she's, she's great. Yeah. So all around, stellar performances, stellar, stellar actresses. That's another word. I feel like that's controversial. Some women do not like the the term actress or being described as actresses. Others don't have a problem with it. I've I've used the word actress, you know, talking about this one so far. I've also used the word actor, so, you know. I think we kind of use them interchangeably (laughs) on this podcast. Yeah, actor, actress, or female actor, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I know people have mixed feelings about it, but... You know, for now, I think we'll just probably use use a variety of of terminology. Yeah, I don't know, Kristen. I feel like we talked about. I think we covered it. Stuff. Yeah, the soundtrack is fire. The <laughs> soundtrack is fire. It's wonderful. It is so good. It's real good. Usher shows up, and it's like 
insane. Like, I, like, like that took me out of the movie, but in a good way. I think I told you where I was like, when he came on and then he, you see him in frame with, with Jennifer Lopez. I was just like, I'm just seeing like Jennifer Lopez at this point. Cause, yep. <laughs> like, cause, cause it's, cause it's Usher playing Usher. And then I just see him with JLo and I'm like, it's JLo. Like it's these two. I think that's how they, they meant to play it. Like, <laughs> I'm like these two, two pop icons. Yeah. I wasn't mad. I wasn't like mad yeah. about it, but I was just like, wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, kind of a meta moment. That was a fun nod came. to like the glamour mm-hmm. of the scene. The yeah, there's, there's like slow motion. It's like 2007. Yeah. Oh, I also want to mention. So there's the scene when, when Destiny sees Ramona across the room. Like I'm telling you, I mean, how many times am I going to have Phoebe Waller-Bridge in here saying this is a love story? But like <laughs> when they run across the the club to each oh. other and. And Destiny mm-hmm. just, like, collapses into Ramona's arms. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is very romantic. And also, like, the, this had Oscar buzz. I think Joe said he started crying in theaters. <gasps> That's right, you when, told me. Yeah, he said he started crying. And it was just like, club can't even handle me as playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, how am I emotional? But I am. Like, I'm so relieved. I'm like, yes, I would also fall into her arms. Like, after everything Destiny's been through and, like, how much she loves and relies on Ramona, I was like, oh, my God. It feels – when she shows up, it is just, like, oh, it is such a relief to see her mm-hmm. <laughs> when I she know. comes back. I felt right? relief, too. Yeah, it's just like, oh, the gang's back together. I just felt like it's going to be okay. Uh-huh. Like, oh, like, it's like mommy's here. Like, Ramona's yeah. here. Like, she's she's going to make gonna it take right. Care of every- yeah. She's going to take care of mm-hmm. She's going to take care of you. She's going to say, climb in my fur. I'm going to take care of you. <laughs> right. Like, she really, like, I just felt like, oh, it's going to be okay now, right? Right. It's a wild ride, mm-hmm. but I think there is actual heart in this film and some great performances. And I think this movie will have a, like a good life on cable, I think. And it's one that I will definitely probably revisit. And I think it'd be a really, I'd be interested in revisiting this movie, you know, five years down the road, 10 oh, years down so the road. It's aged kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I it's think, an important yeah. film for this. It's, it's having a moment. For us, I think it is. I think it's one that should be actually taken seriously on a critical level, story level, culture. You know, in terms of like the culture. I don't think this movie should just be dismissed because it's a you know quote unquote stripper movie. Right. I think it really has some some important things to say, and again, some terrific performances, wonderfully written and directed by Lorraine Scafaria. I think she handled the material deftly and directed this movie beautifully. So, more props to her. I'm excited to see right. more more of her work as well. So, absolutely. Um, and you know, this is this this podcast is called female driven. This is certainly a female driven, and you can feel that in hand. Mm. You can feel that in the direction, and in the way the women are framed, right? Literally framed on the screen, to, and the way the stories are told. So, ah, I appreciate it. I I really I really enjoyed this film. Uh, I think it's a great film. Yeah, and we hope all you listeners enjoy the film and let us enjoy know. our podcast talking let about it. Let us so. know. Kristen, will you share our how our, our listeners can reach us? Yes. Please come find us on Instagram. We are Female Driven Podcast. You can also send us an email, femaledrivenpodcast at gmail.com. We are excited to hear from you. Give us a like, a subscribe, do, do all the things. <laughs> yes, please do. Leave us a review. Helps us out. 
We would love to engage with you and interact with you. Yes. And we, we hope you enjoyed your time with us. And we look forward <laughs> to joining you again in our next, next episode. episode. That's right. So long. <laughs> this is, this is signing off. Yeah, signing off. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. One last time, everybody. Let's hear it for our girl.